Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Lawmakers and former government officials are weighing in. Former Vice President Mike Pence is expressing concern over the search. Pence posted on Twitter saying such actions undermine public confidence in the justice system and Attorney General Garland must give a full accounting. Republican Senator Robert Marshall is also calling for an explanation from the FBI and the Justice Department. The FBI were the good guys and right now we're all concerned who the FBI really is and then we see the IRS adding 87,000 new um, agents as well. They're going to be armed. They already have their guns, their ammunition. Folks back home are real concerned about what the federal government has become. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi weighed in saying to have a visit like that you need a warrant. To have a warrant you need justification and that says that no one is above the law, not even a president. Jeff Clark served in the Department of Justice during the Trump administration. Ironically, Clark recently had his home raided by DOJ officials pertaining to possible election fraud that took place in the 2020 election. Here to discuss yesterday's raid at Mar-a-Lago, we're happy to have with us Jeff Clark. Jeff Clark, thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad to be here. Jeff, you were a high-ranking official in the Department of Justice. However, recently you yourself have been dragged into the DOJ's crosshairs. Uh, the Center for Renewing America, where you work, has uh, called this a weaponization of government. With regard to what happened yesterday with the former president, if you could help us understand from a legal standpoint if there is a precedent for this type of raid, and thus far does the speculation of probable cause uh, justify what played out yesterday? Well, uh, we don't know what the probable cause is. That's one of the simplest ways to answer your question. Um, I'll refer to my own case and say, I still don't have a copy of the affidavit that was used to obtain the warrant uh, for the search of my house. So uh, it could be something that uh, the president's lawyers need to do wrangling in order to get access to, but they should certainly uh, try. And I think that a warrant needs to have that support uh, and not just be part of a, of a secret process. Uh, in terms of you know what the Justice Department is doing here with the president, I think it's entirely uh, uh, unprecedented. Uh, it's not to say that uh, anyone in America is above the law, because you're certainly going to hear that as the repeated uh, talking point from MSNBC and CNN. No one is above the law, therefore whatever uh, they want to try to do to Trump is proper. But that totally ignores uh, the memos of the Office of Legal Counsel, uh, the historical precedent, and in particular to do this as is being reported based on issues about documents when there have been so many document issues that prominent uh, Democrats have had that have been totally swept under the rug. It just, you know, it, it, it defies uh, rational explanation to think that this is really something that is not uh, explainable by pure politics. Jeff, uh, what do you think of the, the timing of this um, from a political standpoint? And could the president be disqualified from running again? Well, that's clearly what the left is trying to say. I mean, within a very short time, you had Mark Elias, who is the uh, leader and rabble rouser of attempts, I think, to 
uh, destroy the security of the American election system uh, and just, you know, have a uh, wide ranging system where there's, you know, uh, only balloting by mail. Uh, I've even seen that the goal of the Center for Tech and Civic Life, which was the group that was uh, supported by hundreds of millions of dollars in a giant infusion from Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, their ultimate goal is to get voting by text. Can you imagine what level of trust anyone could have in a, in a magic box system where someone looks at the computer code and decides who's president? Um, so they're saying, Mark Elias is saying, uh, that uh, you know the document uh, criminal statute here on point could result in President Trump being barred from future office. And I think it's clearly part of his plan. He'd been using an earlier plan of trying to use the 14th Amendment's uh, you know, uh, provisions in order to bar, uh, you know, folks like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Madison Cawthorn from uh, holding federal office again. So this seems to be a general Democrat plan. You mentioned trust, Jeff. Uh, if the administrative state is willing to go this far, I think a lot of Americans are asking the question, saying it only takes a matter of slipping one document into the treasure trove that was hauled away yesterday to turn this into a major criminal incident. Um, from your perspective, was the way that the raid played out yesterday above board from a process standpoint? And is this a concern you think the former president might have? Well, I, I don't know exactly what the details are of the process, you know, who answered the door uh, when they're or at the gate, having uh, been at Mar-a-Lago, um, when the agents showed up. What documents did they present? How long did it take for them to be presented? Did they let them be reviewed before uh, the agents were admitted, et cetera? So there's a lot of new information that has to come out about that before I could uh, possibly assess that. But you know, I, I will say that the whole thing just, it, it is because it's so historically unprecedented uh, and because uh, it, it seems to have um, shifted gears uh, into this document issue, which, you know, apparently there had been a visit to Mar-a-Lago about that months ago. Um, suddenly for them to show up with a, a warrant, you know, where they were able to, uh, to look at how any documents were being kept on site, et cetera, uh, you know, it, it, it just is, is mind blowing to me. And it's the kind of thing that uh, the independent federal judiciary should have been looking very hard about. But again, we, we have to see what the affidavit says. What did they say in order to get that uh, warrant? And it's also, I think, you know, highly uh, suspicious that that's not already surfaced. If the FBI and the DOJ wanted to main, uh, maintain full uh, uh, confidence in the system, then they would release that information so that the American people and uh, educated lawyers around the country could study that document and decide for themselves whether there was uh, the right cause here, the right level of, uh, uh, of legal basis in order to get this unprecedented warrant against former President Trump. Jeff Clark. Thank you. Thank you. On Monday, Vice President Kamala Harris broke a 50-50 tie in the Senate, granting approval to a bill that would fund close to 90,000 new IRS agents. The bill called the Inflation Reduction Act provides $80 billion to the IRS with $46 billion for enforcement. Republicans are warning middle-class families that they will be targeted. There are no guardrails for who can be audited by the IRS. He said taxpayers may need to hire certified public accountants to protect themselves. Most taxpayers that I talk to submit their tax form every year and hope they got it right. 
because it's so complicated. Republicans aren't the only ones speaking out against the bill. A statement by Karen Kerrigan, the CEO of the Small Business and Entrepreneurship Council, says supersizing the IRS to audit more taxpayers means small businesses have a target on their backs. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has said that her chamber will move swiftly to send the bill to Biden's desk. At CPAC this weekend, we had a moment to sit down with Florida Congressman Matt Gates. We spoke about a range of issues, including the latest bill that just passed the Senate. Part of the bill will significantly empower the IRS. Here's part of our conversation. Congressman Matt Gates, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Good to be here. Congressman, I want to ask you about the upcoming midterm elections. Where do you see us going from here? Well, we're going to win, but I don't want to win by default or dissolution. I want to win with a mandate to actually win battles for our people again. So many Americans right now feel beat down and beleaguered by the spending with our government that's caused inflation, the vaccine mandates, tyrannical lockdowns a border that we've just allowed to convert into a turnstile. And so it's my hope that when we win, we will convert every committee in the Congress to an oversight committee, and we will expose how these bad decisions from the Biden administration have directly led to the challenges that people are having to overcome in their lives. Congressman, you're, uh, you've expressed concern over the uh, recent inf so-called Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, what has you concerned in that bill? Well, you know, just like going to an all-you-can-eat pasta bar is probably not a good way to lose weight, going on a spending binge is not a good way to decrease inflation. The, the notion that plowing an additional $400 billion into the economy is a way to lower inflation belies common sense. Matter of fact, the Wharton School at Penn did a very thorough analysis on this and showed that the Manchin-Schumer bill would actually increase inflation. And so I think it's very deceptive. I think it's very wrong. I don't know why Manchin caved, but Democrats really see that they have nothing to run on right now. So this is the Hail Mary pass at the end of the game for them in the midterm cycle. Uh, but unfortunately, the American people will get the penalty because we'll continue to see rising prices wages that aren't keeping up with those rising prices, uh, and really a, a nation that is in decline with a president who is in decline. We can do so much better than that. You brought up a lot of interesting points. I just want to hone in on uh, immigration for a moment. We're seeing uh, the Texas governor busing uh, illegal aliens to Washington, D.C., to New York City, both mayors of which are saying that it's, it's now a crisis for them to deal with. Oh, yeah. Tur turns out having a bunch of illegal aliens running around your community is not good for your community. And again, that's not a bigoted statement. That's just the truth. And the illegal aliens that are coming now aren't even from any sort of like homogenized ethnic background. Used to be you went down to the border, you saw Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras dominant. Now it's like the United Nations down there. You got India, Sri Lanka, met people there from Belarus, Romania, who were coming across the border. It's a total national security threat. I love that Governor Abbott is actually showing some of these Democrat politicians uh, what the consequences of their actions are, and hopefully we'll be able to demand a secure border as a part of the Republican control of the House. Carson Matt Gates, thank you. Thank you. Taiwan is warning that the Chinese regime's military drills are more than a rehearsal to invade Taiwan. Taiwanese Foreign Minister Joseph Wu said that China's military operations reveal their ambitions to control the entire region outside Taiwan.
China is clearly trying to deter other countries from interfering in its attempt to invade Taiwan. China has used the drills in its military playbook to prepare for the invasion of Taiwan. Its rehearsal of NTSS and area denial, or A2AD, tactics gives us a clear image of China's geostrategic ambition beyond Taiwan. The CCP began military drills last Thursday, sending warships and planes into the Taiwan Strait and launching missiles into waters surrounding the island. This is all in response to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan last week. Taiwan's foreign minister also said that China has no right to interfere with Taiwan's democracy or interactions with other nations. Taiwan's military also conducted its own exercises, sending a message that it is ready to defend the island. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's 19-hour visit to Taiwan continues to spark furious reactions from the Chinese Communist regime. Pelosi today defended her decision to visit Taiwan, saying the trip was worth it. I had a chance to talk with Arizona Republican Congressman Andy Biggs. Let's get his take. Congressman Andy Biggs, thank you so much for joining us. Steve, thanks, thanks for having me. Good to be with you. Congressman, there's been a lot of talk since the Speaker of the House has returned from her trip to Taiwan. Um, there's been a lot of rhetoric from mainland China, the CCP. Um, what's your uh, assessment of that trip? Well, I, I was, I'm supportive of members of Congress, including the Speaker, going to Taiwan. Uh, I thought it was, I thought the mixed signals from the Biden administration coming out saying she shouldn't go, the Pentagon doesn't want her to go, all of these things, I thought the mixed, mixed signals of why she was there was not good. I would have liked to see her uh, say, we're going over for a purpose. Uh, and and we're going to maybe it's to meet with with business leaders. Maybe it's to meet with you know the president, etc. Whatever a very specific purpose. I would have liked her to to not not say uh, I'm going to go. I'm not going to go. I didn't like. I thought that vacillation really showed weakness and, and 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 empowered, quite frankly, the CCP to 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 come out. I mean, a lot of the pro, pro, you know provo provocative language coming from China, uh, CCP. It, that's there all the time. I mean, it, it, I mean, they they send the navy around. They they encroach on Taiwan's airspace. Let's just acknowledge that Taiwan's a friend. Uh, they're a Republican uh, friend in a Northeast Asia that needs to have friend. We need friends uh, like South Korea and, and Japan and and Taiwan. Let's just acknowledge that. And uh, and I think better. I think if our Secretary of State was doing a better job. I think that you would have seen uh, the CCP stand down a little bit on their, on their uh, bellicose language. So, Congressman, if you were invited to Taiwan to take a trip, uh, would, you, would you make that journey? Yeah, I, I would. I would. If it, if it worked with schedule with Congress and everything, I would, I would go over there. And would you have liked to have seen a more uh, unified front in terms of the Secretary of State, the White House, and the Speaker all being on the same page? Is that... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would. I mean, uh, the, the, the bottom line is, I think it was the rhetoric and the confused messaging that really was the problem here. Uh, for decades, members of Congress have gone to Taiwan on uh, congressional delegations to meet with them. We do a lot of trade with Taiwan. We do a lot of security discussions with Taiwan. That's normal. Why, why turn it into something extraordinary and, and provoke 
CCP. Why not? Why not use? Why not have some good diplomacy and make this thing work right, so everybody sees where we are, and, and we can go forward. Carson Andy Biggs, thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review, as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.